Hello and welcome to Embassy City Church Podcast. This is a place where all people can experience the love of God through the Word of God. Our prayer is that you will be inspired and transformed. Thank you for joining us today. Get your Bibles, throw them up real high in the air. Let's make some declarations before we go in, okay? Real high, real high, real high. Repeat after me. Today, Today. louder. Today, Today. the Holy Spirit is going to speak to me about the grace that is on Embassy City Church. After today, I will know and fully understand that I've been graced for this place. After today, I will know and fully understand that my face has a grace for this place. Bars. I'm not done. Get him back up. If your arm is tired, you are out of shape. Okay? Today, I will know that God brought me here for a reason. All right, now we can. I want you to go to the book of 2 Corinthians, chapter number 5. And if you're taking notes on this message, the title of this message is We're Graced for This. Would you say that with me? We're graced for this. One more time, real loud. We're graced. We're graced for this. 2 Corinthians, chapter number 5, verses 19 and 20. This is kind of the foundation uh, of what Embassy City Church is built on. It says this. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. Sorry, Simon. We are graced. For this. Now, I I, I want to tell you uh, 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 how this message came about. I truly believe that uh, the, the, the church, the local church, is, is, is built upon the apostles and the prophets. The fivefold ministry giftings of the church is what builds the church up and perfects it, and it will keep continuing this way until uh, our Lord Jesus Christ returns. When you think about the fivefold ministry, the apostolic, the prophetic, the evangelistic, the pastoral, and the teaching gifts, those gifts combined are what build up the church. Here is one of the reasons why I cannot preach at this church every single weekend. If I were to preach at this church every single weekend and the only voice you were to hear was my own, this church would never be a well-rounded church. It would be a warped church. It would be a church that did not have a balance because I don't possess all five-fold ministry giftings. If you ever meet a person that claims that they possess all five-fold ministry giftings, they also possess a spirit of pride. There's no way that you can have all five-fold ministry giftings. I, I want you to even just think about uh, how many parents are in the house, if you're a parent of a child, okay? Uh, ha- have you noticed that, that you can talk until you are blue in the face, depending on your pigmentation, 
purple in the face, depending on your pigmentation. You, you, you can speak to your red in, in the face, depending on your pigmentation. And then like your, your, your sister could come over, right? Their aunt or your brother could come over, their uncle. And they can say the same thing that you just said. And they're like, oh, yeah, OK, I will do my homework. And you're like, I just grounded you for 88 days. Why are you listening to them? It's not that they don't respect your voice. It's just that your voice can sometimes become tuned out. And having somebody else come in and say something just a little bit different, the same thing, but a little bit nuanced, wakes them up. And then it's not that they disrespect you. It's just that another voice is needed to build them up. When the same way in, in, in the church of our Lord Jesus Christ, I, I cannot be the only voice. And so last week we had a prophetic voice in the house. And when a prophetic voice is in the house, I pay close attention to what the Holy Spirit is saying, because I want to know, God, what are you saying for our house? And after he finished speaking, the Holy Spirit through my brother, Chris Durso, I felt like he had dropped off building materials because my function and my gifting is apostolic and pastoral. Apostle simply means to be sent. I was sent here. I, I didn't like go, hey, you know what? It'd be cool to start a church. And I think Irving's a nice location. I was fine at Gateway. Trust me. It's a pretty generous church. I had a pretty generous salary and a pretty cool position. But God said, I want you to go to Irving, Texas and plant this church. And so when he told me to plant the church, I was like, OK, we prayed about it. I submitted it to uh, 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 our senior pastor, Robert Morris. And then the elders confirmed that we were supposed to go and they sent us here. And so a, a sent one simply means that they come because they were sent in the same way Jesus was, because he's our chief apostle. He was sent. And apostles build stuff. That's what they do. They build stuff. I could never take over a church because I would I would just break it to the very last piece of wood down to the foundation and build it up again because I'm, I'm called to build stuff. I'm not called to inherit stuff and like, you know, redo the drapes in the, in the wallpaper. I have to like build it from scratch. So he gave us a blueprint for, for, for this area. And, and so I, I want to know if you call Embassy City Church home, if you are a resident of this community, I want to give you the eight things that we are graced for. OK, how many people call Embassy City home? You're a resident here. OK, great. How many people you're just visiting? You're just peeking your head in. You're like, I don't know who y'all are. I drove past here on Thursday coming home from work. My friend invited me. Thank you for being honest. It's fine to raise your hands. And, and if you come this one time and this is your only time you come, if you don't know anything else, you're going to know what we're graced here to do. So I want to give you the eight, the eight things that we're graced to do. Point number one, please write this down. Embassy City has a grace to be multi-ethnic. It's a grace that is on this house. OK. And the reason why I know it's a grace that is on this house, because we are in the Bible Belt. I am from Southern California. People call Southern California places like that, uh, 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 Miami and, and New York, they call them melting pots. I don't see them as melting pots. When you melt things together, you don't know which is which. I call it a salad. 
California was a salad. The tomatoes were tomatoes. You know what a tomato is. You hold it up ne next to a cucumber, you're like, that's a tomato, that's a cucumber. This is lettuce, this is a bell pepper, right? But, but, but that salad has, has all these different unique uh, ingredients in it, but as soon as you put that dressing on it, though, that salad becomes magical. Whether you like Caesar, whether you like some raspberry vinaigrette, whether you're like a, a real foodie, you don't want any sugar, you just put oil and vinegar and a little bit of salt and pepper. As soon as you put that seasoning on it, it changes the composition and makes all of those flavors delicious together. That's what a good salad is. OK, a good dressing is the Holy Spirit. Here's what I'm called to tell you. We are called to be a multi multi ethnic church. I left California and came to Texas. And what I found in Texas was the uh, results of segregation. Came two generations after desegregation and not much had changed from the time that I got here. All the black people lived off 20. All the white people lived north of 635. All the Hispanics were somewhere off of 30. The Asians were just popping up, scaring people. We got Southeast Asians, uh, a, a great population of Southeast Asians in, uh, in North Irving, in the Valley Ranch area, and uh, uh, all over Irving. They have, there's, there's, you got a, a lot of them in Frisco now as well. There's actually a billboard in India that says, move to Frisco. <laughs> Cannot make this up. That's exactly what it says. But I'm telling you, if you come to Embassy City Church, you have to know that we have a grace to be multi-ethnic. It's, it's not just something that happened. There's an anointing on this church to be multi-ethnic. I remember planning this church and, and somebody asking me this question. Uh, uh, hey, do, do, do you think you're going to have an all black church? I said, well, if I do, then I'll probably take a nail gun and shoot myself in the head. <laughs> Let me tell you why. I know that sounds incredibly extreme, which it is. I'm kind of extreme. But let me tell you why that was going to be something that was that, that, that would have been abhorrent to me, because this zip code six years ago was the most racially diverse zip code in the United States of America. The zip code that we're in right now, Queens, New York, was number two. So I want you to imagine if we planted a church here and only had an all black church because I'm black. It wouldn't have looked at like this community. And what we would have been saying to the entire community is, uh, uh, we don't care about people. We only care about our people. The kingdom doesn't operate that way. The kingdom doesn't operate on your people or your people or your people or your, your, your people. It operates on the fact that in Jesus Christ, Jews and Gentiles were reconciled into one body broken on the cross and became a new people group called believers. I am so happy about the skin you're in, but do not make an idol out of it. Enjoy your melanin. Enjoy your pigmentation. But at the moment it becomes an idol, you have put it above your identity in Christ to check the box of what America has called your ethnicity. We have a grace to be multi-ethnic. Let me give you Bible for it because at the end of the day, all we're doing is a dress rehearsal for what's, what heaven's going to look like. Revelation chapter number seven, verse number nine says this. After this, I saw a, a vast crowd, too many to count, 
Have you ever been in a place and you can't even count people no more? You're just like one, two, three, four, a lot of them. It's too many. From every nation and tribe and people and language. This is John talking about what he saw in heaven. Standing in front of the throne and before the lamb, they were clothed in white robes and held palm branches in their hands. And they were shouting with a great war. Salvation comes from our God who sits on the throne and from the lamb. You know who was there? Everybody. I'm glad I live a life that when I get to heaven, I won't get up there and be like, ah, you here? How'd you get here? You startled me. I didn't know you was coming. Who let you in the door? In the wall up there. Yeah, I threw that out there. Just wanted to see what news station you listen to. Everybody's going to be there. So I want them down here. Because we're all going to be up there anyway. And when we all come in here, we get to be believers. And we get to, we get to celebrate how beautiful this salad is. In January of 2017, I'll never forget it. I don't know what happened, but in January, I don't know what it was about this month, But because we planted the church in September 15, but something happened in January of 17. In January of 17, I don't know if interracial couples have an app they use. I don't know if they have a Pinterest pin drop or whatever that they're just like safe here. I don't know what happened. I don't know if they checked it on Facebook with a little code that they use, a little hashtag. Blended. I don't know what they did. But January 17 happened and all of a sudden all these interracial couples started coming to our church with their mocha babies. And I was like, what? This is awesome. And when, when I say interracial, I don't want you to th just think black and white. They started making combo meals. <laughs> it was like really tall, like Viking white men with like Nubian sisters with braids. And it was like a short Asian dude, like a tall Swedish chick. I'm like, where are y'all finding each other? This is amazing. It just started walking up in the church like, oh, we are safe here. Call everybody. It's amazing. It's like, so like Bethany and like DeMarcus got together. It was fantastic. I want this to be that church but we have a grace for it. Let me tell you how grace we are. Other churches and senior pastors have been coming here secretly, surreptitiously, big word for secretly. <laughs> I just like the dictionary. And they've been coming up in here to try to study what are they doing. You don't even know that. They spy and they sit in the back and they were like, yeah, we've been to your church five times. I'm like, what? Like you're just trying to figure out how you're so diverse. Are you trying to figure it out? It's in the Bible. You can figure it out. Diversity is intentional. We welcome everybody here, and they get to come in. So we have a grace to be multi-ethnic, all right? Point number two, please write this down. Embassy City Church has a grace to be multi-generational. This church is for your kids and your kids' kids and your kids' kids' kids and your grandmama and your great-grandpapa. Because God is a multi-generational God. He doesn't work in one generation. So we are always celebrating the, 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 the generations that we have in this church. My parents uh, 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 are, are, are in their 70s now. My dad will be 70 in May. 
My mom is uh, 72. She robbed the cradle just a little bit. But, but, but they sit on the front row. And, and my mom is old school church mother Pentecostal. She's usually at the 9 a.m. service. When they're not here, they always call and check in. I just want to report into my pastor. I won't be there today. I'm like, Mama. You, don't, you have seven decades of church. I think you're good. You don't have to call. But if my, my, my parents were here, my mother usually wears like some, some beautiful dress. Sometimes she wears a big old hat. My father is always going to be in a suit and tie. He don't care nothing about my Generation X self wearing Chelsea boots, okay, and, and, and Army Green with a blue shirt that says Imagine. He doesn't care. He's going to wear his suit. Second row, beautiful. Look at him. Suit on, tie with a vest. Do you hear me? Looking sharp. I can celebrate them and their expression. He's celebrating us and our expression. If you looked at the bass player today, his pants. Listen, them pants, though. I looked over there and was like, amen, bass. I just want people here. But this is a multi-generational church. And here's what it says. This is I could go take you all through the Old Testament. I'm only going to use this one. This is God speaking to, to, to Moses. Exodus chapter number three, verse number six. When he appears to him, here's how he introduces himself. OK, let you know how multi-generational God is. I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. <laughs> when Moses heard this, he covered his face because he was afraid to look at God. When God introduces himself, he introduces himself as a multi-generational God. I'm not just here for you. I'm here for you just as I was for your grandparents, for your parents, for you. I'm here for your kids. I'm here for your kids, kids. I'm here for your kids, kids, kids. So never fall in love with a method. Because I'll change it. I will appear to every generation in the same way. I'll be the same God, but my method may be different. So never fall in love with the dress code. Never fall in love with the worship style. Never fall in love with the image. The method is the message is never going to change. It is Christ and him crucified. The method might. I know generationally that there are some people here that don't like our worship. I'm just grateful you got over it. <laughs> because in the time that it took you to get here, most people at least have a 15 minute trip or more. You have a tape deck or a CD player or a radio station. And so if you need some hymns, you can rock them all the way into the parking lot. If you need some, pick them up, put them down, gospel music, shout music, you can jam that all the way into the parking lot with the windows down. You can be passive aggressive about your worship style and bump it in the parking lot like, I wish this in here was in there. I'm fine with it. 
As long as you understand that as soon as we come in here, this is the worship tempo that we have for this house. My mama with her too honest self (laughs) told me when we first started the church, baby, I really don't like the worship music at Embassy City Church. But I've learned to endure what I cannot enjoy. (laughs) Maxine Ross, she sure did say it. That's what she said. And I was like, Mom, it's okay. I just appreciate what you're doing. Do you know what happened to my mama within three weeks? (laughs) Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Anybody at the nine knows my mama will go in off a song that she does not enjoy, but she has somehow found to endure. What? We celebrate that. That's what we've been called to do. So point number three, please write this down. Embassy City has a grace to give generously. Oh, my God. This makes me so happy. This is one of the most generous churches in America. I need you to understand what I just said. This is one of the most generous churches in America. I'm not saying that to flatter you. I'm not saying that to boost you up. I'm not saying that because, oh, I think the offering numbers have been low, so maybe if I interject a charge, somebody will remember to tithe. No, y'all don't forget. Statistically, this church is one of the highest giving churches in this entire country. Statistically. Last year, our church has grown about 500 people since we added a third service. But last year, our average adult attendance was about 650 people. How many people are really good at math in here? You're really good. Like, like as soon as you hear numbers, you're like, bing, I already know it, right? right you, can, you can calculate the tax in your head, okay, right? You're that type of person. So, 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 so you can do the math on this pretty quickly, okay? So, so, so last year, our average adult attendance was about 650 people. Our giving for the year, tithes and offering, was 2,900,000 from 650 adults. We don't have no football players in here. We don't have no baseball players in here. We, we, don't, we don't have like five people that we're depending on. Please, tithe, please. I saw what you earned on ESPN. Please. We just have some incredibly faithful people that give generously. And like y'all are like obnoxious with it. Like, 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 we, like, like we see the giving reports and we're like, these people, didn't they, what, did they tie like every third day? Who are these people? Do they give offerings? Every, who, but but there's, a, there's a grace on us. There's a grace on this house. To be generous. The first year after we planted the church, we had given away, no church plan has ever done this that I know of, we had given away $253,000 in the first year that we planted the church to other churches, to people that were in need, to those that were less fortunate, to Messianic Jewish congregations that were trying to thrive and survive in, in, in the state of Israel. God has blessed us to be a generous church. We give Not to get, we give to give. This is just a grace on us to be generous. Because because God's called us here 
to exemplify that. There, there, there are so many schools, there, there are so many businesses in Irving that have been shocked by how extravagant we have been able to give to them. It's a grace that's on our life. Point number four, please write this down. Oh, oh, let me give you the verse first. Romans chapter number 12, verse number eight. Uh, if your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. Right. If it is to give, give generously. I have a gift to give. And obviously, whatever's in the head is going to get in the body, whatever. I, I, I have a gift to give and, and, and it must have hit you, too. Like, like stingy people don't stay here. Not, not because we're about to go hunt down your tithing record. But, but because stingy people are, are not just stingy with their, with their resources like finances, they're stingy with their time. So you start asking them to commit to stuff, then they're like, eh, you know what, no. Bye-bye. I didn't know you wanted me to do something. We have a grace to give here. Point number four, please write this down. Embassy City has a grace to bring people in. So This is so good. Embassy City has a grace to bring people in. There, there, is, there is an anointing on us. I've seen it every single weekend to bring people in. We, we, we average somewhere between uh, 15 to 30 visitors every single weekend across our three services. That is just amazing. When, when, when people become residents of our community, uh, uh, we, we challenge them with two things. We say, hey... Uh, if you're going to be a resident of our community, we, uh, we want you to uh, invite at least one person a month to church. And we want you to uh, uh, win one soul to Christ a year. Now, for the evangelists in the room, that seems like an underwhelming evangelistic mandate. You should be winning a soul every day. But what we're telling people is to just get used to the lifestyle of being the type of ambassador that just, that just opens up about their faith on a daily basis so they can, that people can come into a relationship with Jesus Christ. What that turns into uh, is a lot of times people going, hey, why don't you come to church with me on this weekend? Do, do, do you know that the majority of people that you ask to, that, that you ask to, in, uh, to come to church, they would just come because you asked? I, I, I mean, uh, if you ask them three times, they'll probably jump in the car with you just to shut you up. It's really not hard to do. As ambassadors of the kingdom of heaven, we've been called to compel people to come back to God. How do we do that? We do that through our personality. We do that through our faith. We do that through, through the jobs that we work at. This is a marketplace-oriented, uh, empowering church. I'll get to that in a moment. But, but, but this is what we've been called to do. This is, this is what Jesus gave to the disciples. Matthew chapter number 14, verse number 19, Jesus called out to them, come, follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. It's a great thing. We want to equip you and make it easy for you to invite people to church. One of the, one of the ways that, 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 that I've done it is to tell people about this one and done thing. That's why we made the cards. You can pass it out to somebody and say, hey, come one time, you're done. When you start telling people they don't ha- what they don't have to do, Something happens. They start doing it. We have uh, uh, my friend Michael Todd here in December, and we had like over a thousand extra people that came to church just to see uh, Michael Todd. And that was fine with me. I was completely fine with it because Christ builds his church. I'm not going to build it on hype. I'm not going to build it on like free iPads. 
because that could get expensive. Okay, I'm just going to build. I'm just going to preach the word and Jesus is going to build his church. Well, with that being said, um, in every service uh, that, that we had that weekend, I told the people, hey, if you're visiting for the first time and you only came here to see Michael Todd, I just want you to know I'm not mad at you. I'm so glad you came. And if this is the only time you come to this church, yay you, you never have to come back. You don't ever have to come back to this church again. We will not hunt you. We're not going to gather your information. We're not going to tell you to fill out a connect card. Do you know how many people came back? 500. (laughs) And I met him in Guest Central. And I was like, hey, they were like, yeah, we joined the church. I was like, when did you start coming? The, The weekend Michael Todd came? I was like, wow, what made you came back? What made you come back? And they were like, yeah, you told us not to. <laughs> never had a pastor. I've never been to a church for a time, and the pastor said, don't ever come back. And I was basically like, you ain't going to tell me what to do. <laughs> I was like, I wasn't even trying to use reverse psychology, but I guess it worked. We have an anointing to bring people in. Uh, there should be a grace on you to bring people to this church. It's super predictable. We made it that way. You, you know about what time, whatever service you come to, you know you're going to get out about, uh, around, uh, if you come to the 9, you know you're going to get out around about 10, 15, 10, 30, the latest. You can tell them what time you want to go see a movie, what time you want to go get brunch at Cracker Barrel. You, you, you can plan your life. <laughs> we have a predictable service so that you can be good evangelists. That when they show up, they, there's some people they don't invite to their church because they don't know what's going to happen at their own church. It's really true. Like, like they're committed to it, but they'll never bring anybody else because they don't want to have to explain afterward what just happened. They're just sitting there in the audience. Oh, dear God, please don't. Please don't let Mother Betty get up with the tambourine. Please, please. No streamers today. No streamers today. No outbreaks of prophecy that have no. Please, no speaking in tongues without an interpretation. Right, right. Like people are scared to death. Bring them up in here. If anything ever happens that is weird, because the Holy Spirit is weird, he's just not crazy. Okay. Refer back to our Holy Spirit series, okay? Weird means uh, supernatural and or uncanny. If anything like that happens, I can just put it in context for people. And you can go, that that was the Lord right there, because that usually doesn't happen. Amen. We move on. We have a grace to bring people in. Point number five, please write this down. It's one of my favorites. We have a grace to grow people up. (laughs) You cannot come to this church and stay the same. Impossible. You just can't do it. It's not going to happen. People have left this church because they're like, you know what? I'm not ready to grow up. They've literally said it. Like, I'm not ready to do all that yet. I come to your... Too much conviction. I'm going to leave now. And it's not you're going to hell conviction. It's grow up conviction. It's you can't stay here anymore conviction. It's it's you you have to change your mind. Repentance is like a daily activity. Repentance is not apologizing. Repentance is changing your mind and changing the way you think. Now that you've been exposed to scripture and the kingdom of God. So here's what it says in Ephesians chapter number four, verse number 11. I alluded to this at the beginning. Now I'm going to give you Bible for it. Now, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. The Holy Spirit gave giftings to the church. 
But Christ gave giftings to the church as well. And he's, these are the gifts that he gave. The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors, and the teachers. Their responsibility, those fivefold, is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all have come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. That's good right there. Oh, I wish I could stop. I got too many points. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. That's why you get the Bible for everything that I say around here. I don't preach pop culture. Right. I'm not going to preach a movie. And then use like half of a verse to be like, I'm in the Bible. You're going to get this Bible and then you can go watch a movie. Instead, we will see. You can tell I get on this one. I get a little saucy. I'm sorry. Instead, we will speak the truth in love. That's what we're going to do always. Growing in every way, growing. Everybody say growing. Growing Growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts do what? Grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. We have an anointing to grow people up. We've had so many testimonies from people saying, I'm not the ever since I started coming here, I have not been the same. My life has changed. There's some stuff that I used to do. It's just started falling off of me. I don't there, there was one girl that came uh, to this church. And when she came to the church, she was like, yo, I don't go to church. I just came to visit. I, I, I don't have any consistency in my life. She came to Guest Central eight weeks in a row. Yo, I have no consistency. Week three, I really don't understand why I keep coming back. (laughs) Week four, can you believe I did four weeks? Week five, I'm still here. Week six, I became a resident. Week seven, I'm still here. Week eight, I didn't see her until the one o'clock service. I said, where have you been? I've been serving. In the children's ministry. Two months. We we have an anointing to grow people up. And it's not by bashing you. It's just by putting the word on you. I believe the word works. I'm not going to follow you home. I'm not checking your Instagram account. I'm not going to figure out what you're wearing, what you're drinking, what you're smoking, what you're doing, who you with. I'm not Holy Ghost Jr. But if you come in this church, you're going to get this work. I'm going to bring this book out, and this book is going to take a look out. Bars. <laughs> and it's going to be good. You'll grow up. Point number six, please write this down. NBC City has a grace to send people out. It's like my, one of my favorite things. We have, we have a grace to send people out. We have a, gra- a grace to bring people in. That's, that's, if you've heard the, 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 the term we use here is come, grow, go. We, 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 have a, we have a grace for people to come here. We have a grace for people to grow here. And, and we have a grace for people to go from here. As long as this church uh, has been established, we have been anointed to send people. 
We have been anointed to apostolically lay hands on them and send them out to do what God has placed on their life. Here's how God put this into our DNA at a very, very uh, uh, early time. We planted the church, like I said, in September of 2015. And, you know, when, 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 a, when a pastor plants a church, like he's happy to see people come. Right. Like, yeah, you showed up. Like, maybe this is God. Right. Like, like, I don't know if it's you, Lord, but I'm going to try it. And then you try it and you're like, oh, my goodness, it's working. People are showing up. People are coming. And we had we had this couple come and, and oh, they were just a delight. They, they, they were faithful. They, they, they were they, they had a heart to serve. It didn't matter where they didn't have like stipulations. Like, I really have a grace for the door so I could greet. But don't ask me to usher. Right. They, they, they weren't picky. They were like, wherever you need us to go, we'll go. And so they were working with us for about three months. After three months, they came to me and they said, hey, we feel like God put it on our heart uh, uh, to be missionaries in South Africa. And the first thought I had in my mind was, but you just got here. You need to chill for a minute. Can we just grow together a little bit? But because nobody here belongs to me, I had to go and pray and ask the Lord, Holy Spirit, what are you doing? He was like, yeah, I want you to send them to South Africa. And I was like, but they just got here. And I like them. Like, I'm happy to send people I don't like. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. That's great. Okay. I'm not going to. Let me not go there. So anyway. um, But but I really like them. I want them to, you know. And, and, and the Holy Spirit was like, no, 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 this is an apostolic house. You have to send people from here. And you don't get to send them on your timetable. You send them on mine. Because a lot of pastors hold people. Right? I feel like the Lord's telling us to move, and, and the pastor's like, no, the Lord will never tell you to leave here. Safest place for you, for you to be in the whole world. Right? And they wind up manipulating and controlling you or making you feel guilty for moving on. The Holy Spirit just broke that in me really quick. He was like, send them to Australia and support them financially. I was like, okay. So we laid hands on them, and we sent them to, our, uh, to, um, to South Africa, and uh, they've been there for two or three years, and they, now they have a thriving school for underprivileged kids in South Africa, all because we obeyed the Lord and sent them. From, let, let me tell you something. Sometimes God can get through to me very, very easy. And this is one of those this is one of those times. As soon as I did that first one, anybody else that has come and been like, I feel like the Lord. I'm like, go. Like, they don't even finish their sentence. They're like, I really feel like God. Go. I believe God told me to. Yeah, he told you to do it. Get out of here. They're like, are you even going to cry? No. Bye bye. I love you. Bye. When you have a grace to send people, you're, you're, you're never sad when they go because you know if they're in God's will, he's going to protect them. The other thing is the family just gets bigger. Because if he can trust you to send people, then he'll always bring people. The moment you try to hold them for yourself, God says you'll get that one and no more. The moment you learn to release, he'll always bring you more. So we have an anointing to send people, okay? John chapter number 17, verse 18 says this. Just as you sent me into the world, talking, this is Jesus talking to God, uh, I am sending them into the world. Sent ones, send. That's the grace of an apostolic ministry, is that they were sent, so it's easy for them to send. Jesus was sent, and so he turns around and he goes, hey, you're going to be sent. 
And I love him. When he talks to his disciples, he says, hey, I'm going to leave. You're going to do greater works than me. This is how you know that somebody's secure in their own skin. They don't care if, if the person that they send is more successful than they are. I know without a doubt that, 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 that at some point we're going to send people out of Embassy City Church to plant a church. And if they plant a church and it's called Embassy City or if it's called another name, it could be five times as big as Embassy City Church. And here's what I'll say. Yay, you. God's giving you a grace for that. Go be great. If Jesus was secure enough to say greater works shall you do, then I need to be secure enough to say greater works shall you do. Okay? So uh, 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 point number seven, uh, uh, Embassy City Church has a grace to impact mountains. Now, you all have heard me talk about the seven cultural mountains of influence. We have a grace to impact them, all seven of them. Let me see if I can get it right. Education, business, arts and entertainment, media, Family, religion, there's one more. Government, thank you so much. Whoever said it, I appreciate you. These seven mountains of cultural influence, we have a grace to send people to those seven mountains. We have people in the arts and entertainment industry. We have people in, 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 uh, in, in positions of government. We have people that work in media. We have people that work in education. We have people that work in government. Whatever uh, God has called you to do, whatever mountain he's placed you on, we have a grace to send you to impact those mountains. That's why we teach like we teach here on the weekends so you can be equipped when you go out to go change the world, okay? So here's what it says in Matthew chapter number 28, verse number 16. Then the 11 disciples left for Galilee, going to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some of them doubted. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples, right, equipping them to go impact Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you and be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. We have a grace to send people to impact the seven cultural mountains of influence. Now, before I give you point number eight, I need to know how many nerds have been paying attention. So I want a full recap of one through seven before I give you number eight. All right. Y'all ready? Point number one. What was it? Multi-ethnic. Point number two, what was it? Yeah, that's good. Louder. Point number three. Oh, you're amazing. Point number four. Great. Point number five. Come on, y'all. Point number six. Yeah. Point number seven. Great. Point number eight. Please write this down. Embassy City Church has a grace to upset the world. It's the foundation of everything God's called us to do. We have a grace to upset the world with the message, the love, and the hope of Jesus Christ. That's what people come, that's what happens to people when they walk into this room. Every one of these seven things before it is really a culmination to this eighth thing. We exist to upset people's world. I love doing it. I love people that come in here with a stereotype of what they think this church is going to be. You know what happens to them? They get their world upset. I love people that have a stereotype of what they think worship is going to be. You know why? Because they get their world upset. I love when I go out and I tell people about our church and then they come in here and they go, what? 
I've literally, I've literally had people tell me, now, now please forgive them in advance, all right? Because probably it will land on you and you'll be like, what? But they literally said to me, man, I, I came to your church. I just did not know that many white people would follow a black man. I'm glad you're laughing, right? It's, it's laughable to people that have a grace to understand what the kingdom is. But when people don't, you, you know, don't laugh at them. Don't punch them in the throat. Right. <laughs> racist. Right. Don't do that. Because it's not that it's probably not even racist. You're probably just ignorance. But but we have a grace to upset people's world. We, we have a grace as ambassadors of Jesus Christ to just completely disorient what people think they know about the kingdom of God. Let me give you two verses and then we'll be done, okay? Acts chapter number one, verse number eight says this, but you will receive power. Everybody say power. power. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. He says, I'm going to equip you with power and that power is going to give you influence and authority to go out and upset the world. Here's the culmination of how that looked in uh, Acts chapter number 17, verse number six. It says this, not finding them there, talking about uh, Paul and Silas, they dragged out Jason and some of the other believers instead and took them before the city council. Paul and Silas have caused trouble all over the world. They shouted. That's why I'm shouting. (laughs) And now they are here disturbing our city too. If you read it in the King James, it literally says uh, uh, Paul and Silas have turned the world upside down. By definition, to upset means to turn something upside down. Doesn't mean make somebody mad. It doesn't mean make somebody frustrated, although our faith does trigger some people. What it truly means to, to upset is to turn something upside down. You do know the kingdom is upside down. It's right side up, but it's upside down to our culture. Because what our culture says you need to do to succeed, that you need to do to be safe, that you need to do to thrive and survive, the, the kingdom tells you to do the complete opposite of that. The, the, the kingdom calls us to be the antithetical to, to, to what American culture is. That's why when people walk into this building, the the mindset and orientation that I have when people get on this parking lot is that they are no longer in America. You're not in Irving, Texas. You're not in the state of Texas. You're not in America. You are actually in an embassy. You have stepped out of America and stepped into heaven. And that's why we can pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Would you export from the home country everything that needs to be imported here turning the world upside down for Jesus Christ. Ladies and gentlemen, this is what we're graced to do. And for as long as as he calls us to be together, this is what we will do until he returns. If you feel like you have a grace for this, you should jump in. For some of you all, this has been confirmation. For some of this, maybe this is a challenge to you like, oh, what? I didn't even know. For some of y'all visiting, this should be like the, this is like the best intro to the church I could ever give. Like you can go to the Engage class, it'll be anticlimactic to what I just did. Even though it'll still be great and you need to go. (laughs) 
Some of you are like this. Oh, my gosh, this is confirmation. I need to join this church. For others, you're like, you guys are awesome. I'll pray for you. (laughs) It's fine. But here's what we're graced for. We are graced to be a people gathered together, representing heaven as ambassadors to upset the world. Ladies and gentlemen, this concludes your five-week series on grace power. I hope it's been a blessing to you like it was to me. God bless you. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. If you would like more information on our church, please go to www.embassycity.com. We would love to hear from you. Our prayer is that you have been inspired and transformed. Have a wonderful day and come back again.